Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBL picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. A warm hello and welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a superb show for you as Sean Zarillo of the Action Network is going to be joining me in the second segment. He joined me a lot during the MLB season in 2019. And much like myself, he's gotten into the KBO. He's had some better results so far than I have, to say the least. So we're going to get his take on just how he's been betting these games with regards to taking favorites a little bit earlier than underdogs. So we're going to get into a little bit of betting strategy, just what he's noticed with regards to when to take lines because he's out there on the East Coast. I know that a lot of you guys, you're out there in these games. Instead of starting at 2.30 a.m. Pacific, they start at 5.30 a.m. Pacific. So he's going to give his little bit of a takeaway there. And we're also going to be talking about Tuesday morning's games. And in the final segment, I will be giving you a sign in total on every game on Tuesday morning's KBO betting board and a little something I like to call touch them all. Always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions as well. At GUnit underscore is where you're able to fire them in. And shame on me. Before I get to the Twitter questions, I do have to give you guys all a warm and happy Memorial Day. Give thanks to all those that have 
given the ultimate sacrifice for this country. They have done a great job for us. Have a little bit of respect for these guys. Obviously, these are strange times. The best way that you can show some respect is just by giving a big thank you to those that have done so much for our country. So I do want to throw that in there before I go any further. I feel bad that I didn't put it in the first minute of this podcast, but with that said, at the very least, we did get that in. But I always love answering your Twitter questions, like I just said. If you have something that you like answered on the podcast, fire it in at GNRSquarty1. If you send these via DM, well, butter ZM to me mean does not matter, but if you send them in the timeline, more than happy to give you guys an answer. And we did get in one today, so let's get into it. So you have questions, and Greg may or may not have any insight into them, but let's dive into the Twitter mailbag. This one comes to me from, I always get this name wrong, but I always give it my best effort when it comes to pronouncing it. Macaulay Majet. You can follow him on Twitter at M-A-J-I-T-808. And he asks at GRS41, good morning and happy Memorial Day. And because he... And because I was looking at his tweet, I did remember to give the good old Memorial Day shout out. And he asks, when different books have different lines and some are underdogs and there are some favorites, what do you look at when you're line shopping? What is the biggest thing that you keep in mind? And the biggest thing for me when it comes to taking a look at these lines, taking a look at openers is before the lines are even posted, once you know who the starting pitchers are with regards to these KBO games, sort of have a number in mind that you think is a fair price on like the Kiwoom heroes when they're an underdog. If you're looking at the Doosan Bears against the SK Wyverns, have sort of that number in mind that you think, okay, this is where I think that Doosan should be priced. If I find it any lower, it's going to be a good bet. If you find it higher, it's either a pass or a take on the other side if it's a little bit too much. And if the number falls exactly where you think it's going to, let's say that you felt like the SK Wyverns should be a $2 underdog against the Doosan Bears, for example, and you're finding the SK Wyverns right around plus 195. That means that it's probably not going to be a bet on Doosan for you, and at the same time, it's probably not going to be a bet on SK, but obviously, you've got different books, you've got different outs, so let's say that you see one at plus 185, and then you see another place in which SK is like plus 250. There's your take number right there. So, if you only have access to a couple books, and you're seeing that the prices are very similar to what you have it in there, maybe it's just a pass, but if you're seeing a big discrepancy and you think, man, I am getting some really good value with SK or man I like favorite X I thought that they would be a much bigger favorite than what they are I am not seeing any injuries that are really making the line where it is right now as compared to where I make it that's when you do want to fire so the best advice that I can give you when it comes to these openers is sort of have that number in mind if you like what you see and you're comfortable with it, just fire away. That's the best advice that I can give you because you can get all the information in the world from myself, other people that are covering the KBO, other handicappers, but at the end of the day, it is always your bet. So always feel confident and always feel good about the prices that you're taking. So that's the best advice that I can give you. And one of the best things that I can advise you guys to do is to just take a look at all these KBO games, try to watch as many games, get in as many box scores, all that as humanly possible. So let's take a look back at what we all saw from the KBO Sunday morning slash Saturday night. Try to find some trends and get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. For some, there were some very, very fortunate betting wins on Saturday slash Sunday. For others, there were some very, very bad beats. I can tell you right now, I was on the wrong end of a lot of these. So let's let the pain begin as our good friends, the KT Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blobs, 
were taking on the LG Twins Saturday night slash Sunday morning. They enter into the ninth inning with a 7-4 lead. The LG Twins scrape one across. They get the bases loaded, and wouldn't you know it, Roberto Ramos. He gets one hit in the game, and that one hit is a four RBI home run, better known as a grand slam to walk it off. LG Twins get a 9-4 win for Ramos. He now has seven home runs that leads the KBO. And for our good friends, the Smiling Blobs, they certainly did a good job of being able to get on base. Both these teams were able to get 10 hits in the contest for KT. They were able to get a solid start out of Mr. William Huevas. He wound up going seven innings. He did give up four runs, but he was able to really calm down after giving up three runs in the first inning. From there, the bullpen, well, it's nothing good for the Smiling Blobs. I believe that they are in the top two when it comes to worst bullpen ERA. They certainly lead the KBO when it comes to blown saves. And in this one, it was Minsu Kim that wound up lighting the game on fire, and he now has a 16.62 ERA. So, needless to say, things have not necessarily been going well there. Things are going a little bit better for the NC Dinos. They continue to lead the KBO as they are an incredible 14-3. They were on ESPN Saturday night slash Sunday morning, and they take down the Henwa Eagles by a count of 10-5. And for the Eagles, this is a team that actually took a 4-3 lead going into the bottom of the sixth inning, but for Hanwha, they really didn't make a whole bunch of errors. There was only one error in the game, but they made some, I guess you could call it brain cramp sort of defensive plays. And this one for Anwa, you do have to like the fact that Youngku Lee was able to get a home run. He's a guy that is hitting towards the top of the lineup. His second home run since the 2017 KBO season. So, not necessarily a guy that goes deep, but he does a solid job of getting on base. That was a little bit unexpected there. And you do have to like the fact that Jared Hoying is starting to come back for Hanwha. Now hitting a 260, he had two hits in this one. He was a little bit banged up about two weeks ago, but... The real headliner for NC in this contest was Jin Sung Kong. He wound up being able to get a home run and three hits in this one. Now hitting a 500 in limited at-bats, but still hitting a 500. This is someone that had three career KBO home runs coming into this year. He's already got four so far this year. Now he is a little bit more of a situational type of player, but still shows you exactly what he's doing. Sung Bum Na is doing a better job of getting on base. He went 2 of 4 in this contest, and for NC... It was very interesting to see what happened with the pitching because Mike Wright had a perfect game going through five innings. He winds up giving up four runs for the contest, but the bullpen from there was very solid. They wind up being able to give up just one run over the course of three innings, so they certainly did a good job of holding down the fourth there. And for Hanwha, this is a team that has been pretty solid out of the bullpen for the year. They wind up giving a grand total of six runs, five of which were earned, though, up in the grand total of three innings. And... Shi Wan Jong is someone that certainly got a little bit roughed up in this one. He wound up giving up four runs over the course of five innings. A team that did not get roughed up, that'd be the Lote Giants. They were able to pull out a tightly knit 2-0 win over the Key Room Heroes for the Heroes. They were just incapable of getting on base in this one. The struggles of Byung-Ho Park looked like they were done after he had a two-home run game earlier in the series against Lotte, but in this one, he goes 0 for 4. He led the KB on home runs last year. He's got four so far this year, but it's hitting just a buck 90, so things have not really been going well. With that regard, the heroes have been very hit or miss towards the bottom of the lineup, and hitters 7 through 9 all had a grand total of zero. Count them, zero hits. And this is a team that you just don't know what you're going to be able to get from game to game out of some of these guys as well. Dongwon Park has been doing really well with a 339 average. He did have a hit in this one, but he certainly has a guy that's a little bit unproven, has never had 15-plus home runs in a season. And for Lotte, the offense has certainly slowed down, but the pitching has been very good. And Junwon So is someone that is quite young. He's 19 years old, and he was absolutely dynamic in the start. Six and two-thirds innings. He gives up three 
three hits, no earned runs. Did a good job of staying within himself with only one walk. The bullpen was a little bit hairy when it came to giving up the walks. They wind up going a grand total of two and a third innings. They did have four walks, but with that said, they kept them off the bases with regards to hard hits. They only gave up one hit, and they were able to do a good job of holding down the fort. And give Kiwum a little bit of credit as well. The bullpen wound up going a grand total of two innings. They give up one run. And one day, Choi, he deserved a little bit better than a loss in this one. Young 23-year-old, he goes six innings. He gives up one run. He certainly did his part. And someone that certainly did their part was the guys from Kia that were able to get hits. Problem was, they weren't able to drive anyone in whatsoever as the SK Wyverns in 12 innings get a 4-3 win. This is one of the wilder things that you're ever going to find. The Kia Tigers at the end of regulation had a grand total of 14 hits. The SK Wyverns had four, and yet it was a 3-3 game, and both these teams were able to get two of their runs on the board via unearned runs. So that tells you that absolutely nobody whatsoever was able to drive them in. And Preston Ducker is starting to really struggle for the Kia Tigers. He got off to such a white-hot start. He did not have a single hit in that series against the SK Wyverns. 0 of 15 at the plate. In specifically Saturday night slash Sunday morning, he went 0 of 6. And that was really in vain because the bottom of the lineup for the Kia Tigers was actually very solid. Hitters 5 through 9 all had at least one hit, including Min Seng Yu, who had a grand total of 4 hits in this one. 31-year-old, little bit of a journeyman player in the KBO. He was certainly able to get on base. Problem was, nobody was able to drive in any runs. And for the SK Wyverns, these struggles with the middle of the lineup have really been manifesting itself. Dong Min Han has been able to do a solid job. He's hitting right around a 317 for this team. He's got six home runs already this year, but Jamie Romack just not doing what he did last year. The 300 batting average is nice, but last year had 29 home runs. I was in the top three in the KBO, just two so far this year. But what you had to like for the SK Wyverns is that one Ricardo Pinto was able to go seven innings. He gives up two runs, but only one of which were earned. He's now given up nine unearned runs in his last three starts, so he's certainly been working around quite a few things. And for the Wyverns, they did a very good job out of the bullpen as well. This is a team that went five innings. They gave up one run, and that one run was unearned. We're noticing that the Wyverns' defense, not necessarily good, but they're still getting the job done. And Saturday night slash Sunday morning, the defense, the pitching, the everything in the Doosan Bears was not very good as they lost to the Samsung Lions 13. 13- to zero. David Buchanan was terrific in this one. He winds up going seven innings. He gives up nine hits, but he didn't give up a single walk. He was able to strain all these men on base. Bullpen from there, which had been heavily taxed. They wind up going two innings of scoreless baseball. And for the Doosan Bears, it was just absolutely brutal in this inning as Minju Kim in the eighth inning came in. He gave up seven runs without recording a single out. His ERA is currently an infinity, and his career ERA in the KBO, he has made a grand total of three career appearances, 34.71. I wish I was joking, I am not, but for the Samsung Lions, it was good to see one Tyler Saladino with two hits, races average shoe, I'm not even kidding here, a 163. Everyone was hitting on this day for the Samsung Lions, and more impressively, all 13 runs came without getting a single home run. And if you are looking for a little bit of a bright spot for Dusan, it is the fact that Jose Miguel Fernandez still hitting a 500 because he went 2 of 4 in this game. So that's what we all noticed from the KBO on Saturday night slash Sunday morning. Now let's talk to our good buddy with the Action Network, Sean's Roll. He, much like myself, has gotten into KBO, so he'll share with us what has really been working for him, what he's been noticing with the betting lines, and just where he's looking with regards to placing some of his bets for Tuesday. That is on the other side, right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Craig Peterson. 
Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Craig Peterson. Great to have on our next guest. He joined me a lot during the 2019 MLB season. And much like myself, he's taken up a little bit of the KBO. He's also been doing some CPBL action as well. He does work for the Action Network. And he is also a practicing lawyer as well. So this is a man that is very well-versed in so many different things. He does a great job with rolling the, with the punches. And his Twitter handle, it's nice and simple because it is his name. At Sean Zerolo, I will spell out that last name for you. Z-E-R-I-L-L-O, as it is Sean Zerolo joining me right here. And it's great to have you back on. How are you? I'm doing great, Greg. Thank you for having me. Got the horse races up, got the KBO tables up, watching lines all day. So it's a crazy time, but I try to keep myself occupied. Yep, typically we're looking at the value of like the Milwaukee Brewers, whether or not Fernando Rodney is going to be on full rest to see if he can blow a save or something like that. Instead, we're watching baseball from over 5,000 miles away in the wee hours of the morning. But with that said, how did you get into the KBO and what was really your process of getting ramped up? Because I'm sure that much like for 99% of us, the KBO is a little bit new. And I do feel like the fact that this is a 10-team league instead of a 30-team league made it a little bit easier for you and so many others to get into. Yeah, so, I mean, I wanted to see it first when the CPBL started, if my model for Major League Baseball could just be applied to baseball in a different league, adjusted for the league environment there, which is much higher, much more offensive. And it did. It's been very successful. I've won 59% of my bets. I'm up 10 units since that league started. And KBO has been a little bit up and down, but I think I'm basically one underdog win away from being up in that league as well. So it's been a fun experiment just to see if, you know, baseball is baseball and if data could be modeled for different leagues based upon the environments that they're within. And I think I've basically proved that it can be using the same data points just by, you know, how my projections have performed compared to the opening lines that bookmakers are putting out. I'm pretty much within two to three percent of line value on I'd say four or five games every day. And there's usually one game that stands out to me right away is pretty actionable. So from there, I'm I'm generally watching a line movement, market movement based upon, you know, how these games are bet during the day. And I might try to hold off in the middle of the day and buy back closer to when I would go to sleep or for those 1 a.m. Eastern time games, potentially closer to game time. So it's just been a fun experiment to bet baseball in different leagues. When I first got started working in baseball, I was scouting and collecting data from Japanese baseball games. So I wanted to just get involved and see if the Korean Baseball League was as entertaining as the MPB as well. So it's just been a fun overall experiment, both from a player evaluation standpoint and from a baseball modeling data gambling standpoint. It certainly has been really interesting. What I've noticed with regards to just the way that the lines move in general, I'm noticing that these favorites, they are getting steamed to high noon. Whenever you see a team that they open up, I would say north of minus 150, it's just going to go up. You're probably not going to be finding a whole lot of value towards game time if you're trying to take like the NC Dinos, a team like even if you're taking a look at Tuesday morning, the LJ Twins versus the Hanwha Eagles, the Twins are really not going to be going down to less of what they open. I've really been noticing that. So I do think that it is a good strategy and sort of a tried to true one when it comes to most sports betting in that if you like the underdog, wait a little bit more. If you like the favorite and you see a good price right away, just take it. Yeah, I completely agree. I've been on two favorites this year. I'd say two out of my 20 money line bets generally are on favorites. I'm mostly an underdog player. Both times those favorites got steamed up immediately. And by and large, the underdogs that you see sticking around the same price all day tend to be the sharp money underdogs. I've noticed that those underdogs win at a pretty high rate. I actually just lowered my threshold from 5% to 4% of line value for a bet that I'm willing to buy in on because I've noticed that those 
edges that are generated on 3%, 4% are winning at a pretty high percentage because I think that it's just not coming up to the number that I want because there's a lot of money backing against the public and pushing it the other way and kind of holding the line down. So yeah, I think by and large, play your favorites early, look for your underdog late in the game, as close as you can to game time. It's kind of tough for me being on the East Coast, I have to lock my plays in as I'm willing to stay up like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Eastern time, about three hours before first pitch. So if you're patient enough, you can get a better price on most of these underdogs. And if you're sitting on opening lines, which generally come out around, I guess on Tuesdays, since they're ready to go with the pitching matchups, it's usually around 11 a.m. Eastern time. But during the weekdays, it could be any time between 12 p.m. and 2 p.m. Eastern time that I see the lines start to open up. So if you want a favorite, be ready to pounce early. And if you want an underdog, just be as patient as possible. And also a word of advice. If you're an insomniac, this is the league for you. Because as we know, these games are starting at just herky-jerky times. For Tuesday morning, it's going to be 2.30 a.m. Pacific, 5.30 a.m. Eastern. So certainly going to have some thrown-off sleep schedules this time of year. As we do have Sean's role joining me right here on the podcast And Sean, I do think we have a really interesting slate of games for Tuesday morning because we are noticing a lot of those games that they do have some pretty big underdogs. One that really stood out to me is one that I mentioned a little bit earlier. The LG Twins are going to be going up against the Hanwha Eagles. And the big reason why this stands out to me is that Chad Bell is going to be taking the mound for the Eagles for the first time all year. He began the year banged up. He was doing some throwing with the Eagles, bullpen sessions, everything like that. From everything I've heard, he should be good to go for this game. I'm noticing the Eagles right around that plus 165, plus 170-ish range. And for the LG Twins, this is a team that, let's face it, they've had some very, very fortunate breaks go their way late in games. We remember the Roberto Ramos Grand Slam from a few days ago for, for them to be able to take down the KT Wiz. Did you have any action on this game? Because this is one in which I do think that there is a little bit of sneaky value on the Eagles because... I think that a lot of people are underrating Chad Bell, and it sounds like they did a very good job of rehabbing him. Yeah, I mentioned there's usually a dog every day that seems to hang out around the same number all day, and I wait for it to come up. I thought the Eagles were going to be that team today. They stuck around 135 where they opened for about two hours, and then all of a sudden, every time I looked, they were up 10 cents. They got all the way to 180. Resistance finally came in. I took a share at 175. I would play them all the way down to 145. I think this game is a lot closer than people think it will be. You know, Bell, we don't really know what to expect, how much he was able to prepare for his first start, considering the lack of spring training that existed in this league and the injury he was coming off of. But he's a lefty with really nice velocity. He posted a 4-1 FIP in this league last year, which was slightly above average. So he's a pretty competent rotation arm. The Eagles just struggle to score. Their offense is pretty bad. The Twins have a couple of really good hitters in the middle of their lineup with Ramos, especially just leading this league in homers, hitting that walk-off grand slam the other day. Just an absolute force. So he's probably going to be the most significant offseason addition maybe that any team made. I do have a bet on the Eagles, and I think that they're certainly the value side in this game. The Twins seem like a very public team to me overall. I've noticed that a lot of the people who are English-speaking that I happen to follow on Twitter who were fans of this league before this year happen to be Twins fans. And I think a lot of people have adopted the Twins as their team. And since they're playing well, I think both the Twins and the Dinos have become pretty public teams immediately. So those are two favorites, especially who I think will get steamed up every day just because they seem to be the public teams at the moment. I'm right there with you. If you are looking at the two public teams, I would say Dinos go number one, Twins probably number two, and we're fighting the Dinos right around a minus 190, minus $2 favorite. So you're certainly going to be paying a big premium there. You're definitely not going to be paying a big premium on the SK Wyverns, though. This is a bunch that they've gotten off to a rough start. They started out 2-14. and 14. They wound up being able to get the win over the weekend against the Twins, and 
against the Kia Tigers in one of the more insane games that you're ever going to find at the end of nine innings. I believe that the Wyverns were being out hit by nine. Then only one of their runs be an earned run. Somehow, some way, they pull out the win. And now we're finding that the numbers on them are going up and up substantially. You get to do some bears. You're finding them right in the neighborhood, plus $2, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, depending on your book. Chris Flexen, who we remember as a Mets, I'm going to call him not so great, is going to be going for the Doosan Bears. And then you've got Jung Hoon Park, who's been okay, ERA right around four so far this year, going for the Wyverns. Not sure if you have any play on this game specifically, but I do think that at some point, the Wyverns are going to have quite a bit of value on them. They were actually leading KBO for much of the 2019 season. I certainly don't think that they're going to be finding themselves atop the standings, but I find it hard to believe that they're going to be as bad this entire year as the 2-14 and 14 start would indicate. Yeah, no doubt. They have two of the best hitters in the league and Jamie Romack and Jung Choi, who I believe both finished the top four in homers last year, and they were projected to do so again this year, though. Ramos, I think, is clearly above both of those guys now. So they have pretty pretty solid anchors in the middle of their lineup. The problem is that they lost uh, a lot of their starting pitching. Kwang Young Kim went to the Cardinals. Angel Sanchez, I believe, went to the MVP. They signed Nick Kingham, who's looked a little bit questionable. I never really liked him much as an MLB pitcher. That guy can't get lefties out at all. So when you lose that much starting pitching and you have two guys in your lineup who can really hit and not much else uh, besides the closer and Jehun Ha, who I believe has already blown a couple of saves, he was a minor league outfielder for the Cubs, but he's a pretty fun KBO arm. I think they're going to continue to struggle just because their starting pitching is so much less compared to what it used to be. Ricardo Pinto has got really good velocity compared to other KBO arms, but he has almost no command. And then Jonghoon Park is probably their best starter right now. So I think at plus 211, there's really no value on me on either side of this game. Same goes essentially for the Heroes-Dinos game. I don't see value on either of those big favorites or underdogs for Tuesday. But Flexen, I, I like the way that Flexen is pitched, and this Bears lineup can really crush. So the Bears seem to be more apt to put in their junk relievers when they they either fall behind or get a big lead. So I think if you like to bet live overs, the Deuce on Bears are the team to target. But beyond that, I don't really see much value in this game. And with the Bears in 10 out of their last 14 games, either they or they oppo- or their opponent all by themselves have gotten to double digits. I find that to be absolutely insane. As we do have Sean's Rule of the Action Network joining me right here on the podcast. And what else is insane is that it's Memorial Day and we don't have MLB baseball. I know that you, much like so many of us, you're trying to keep tabs on what's all happening, whether or not we're going to be getting a season. And right now, the way that I'm taking... Major League Baseball is just, since I did a lot of research with regards to these rosters offseason moves, it's just sort of a down period right now because there's not a whole lot you can do because the big thing is we don't know if we're going to get the American League, the National League, sort of like the Grapefruit League, the Cactus League, the three regions where you have the East, West, and Central with the universal designated hitter. And right now, as long as you've done your research with regards to these rosters, it's just one of these things where you got to be evaluating every team on its own island. And if you've researched these rosters, right now you just need to hang tight as tough as it sounds. Yeah, man. You you just mentioned all those factors and you didn't even mention ballparks. Like, which ballparks are they going to be playing in? Is it going to be neutral oh, yeah. ballparks? Is it going to be their home ballparks? So beyond all of that, if you're a fantasy player, do you just drop all the Colorado Rockies from your fantasy team? Look to trade those guys if you've already drafted. I mean, fantasy leagues in general should just be redrafting probably for this year. But... There's so many factors to consider. I don't even know if futures are going to hold. I would imagine none of my divisional futures or win totals hold. Obviously, win totals are not going to hold unless 
the casinos decide to be just lovely and bless me and cash all my unders <laughs> at the end of the year because I think I bet about one over amongst eight or 10 bets. So beyond that, you know, divisional futures probably aren't going to count. I'm expecting that they're going to go with this initial proposed plan and kind of split them up by three divisions based upon East, Central and West. The team that it benefits most clearly is the Yankees who had so many injuries coming into what looked like April. The Rays had all the depth and looked like they could be a dark horse in the AL East. And I hope that I get a refund on my Rays divisional bet at this point, because that's not the same bet that I made previously, you know, betting the Reds and the White Sox to win the Centrals respectively and the A's to win the AL West, you know, all those bets just certainly change completely with regards to what the landscape of the league could look like. So plenty to consider. For now, I'm not really doing a ton. I'm kind of feeling it out until we get a better handle on what the outlook of the season is going to look like. But I mean, by and large, you know, I think it does help a team like the A's who have a couple of young starters like Jesus Lazardo and AJ Puck, who they don't have to worry about innings limits on anymore. And they can just kind of press the gas pedal on those guys. So teams with younger arms that might have looked for innings limits on those guys just upgrade those teams, certainly. And then the teams that were live dark horses, there's going to be more variance in a short season. So if you can get a price on a team to win their 18 division or whatever ends up looking like 10 team division, come out of that division and potentially make a, I don't know how the playoffs are going to work, but make the main body of the playoffs and make a playoff run. I think there's some real potential for a price team to end up lifting the trophy at the end of the season. And we know that a big start this year is going to be meaning more than ever because, let's face it, in a 162-game season, a 15-game start, it's nice. We saw the Seattle Mariners get off to that, but they were one of the worst teams in the majors. If the Seattle Mariners get off to a similar start this year, who knows what happens. They probably don't become sellers and then things just wind up looking completely different. So it certainly is going to be fascinating to see what happens this year. And Sean, I know you're going to be covering that. You're doing a great job of keeping yourself loose with the ponies, the KBO, and so much more. So let the good people at home know where they can follow you on social media and just what you're working on in general. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Thank you for having me. It's at Sean Zerillo, as you mentioned on Twitter. You can find my work on actionnetwork.com on the Action Network app. We just added tennis and UFC to the app, which is fun because those are two of the sports that I covered, two sports that people have been asking for for a while. And just with regards to my KBO, CPBL plays for Tuesday, Eagles down to 144, Tigers down to 113, and then the Giants I laid thirty. I don't think you're going to see that price again. So at that point, that one's gone. Maybe take a look at the Dinos over nine with Changmo Ku pitching. I know everybody loves that guy, but it's getting a little bit too low with the total at that point. But again, thanks for having me. Happy to come on anytime. And just a little bit of a heads up. I'm going to have a lot of those plays very, very soon and a little something I like to call touch them all. So good to see that Sean is in lockstep with me on a lot of those. And a big thanks to him for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Sean Zerula of the Action Network for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast in which I give you a side in total on every game on today's KBO betting board as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that any changes are maybe these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRSquarty1. As per usual with the KBO, this is a league in which you're really going to be betting based on team. It's really hard to find pitcher-dependent bets. I think that the only site in which you're able to go pitcher-dependent right now is Pinnacle. Really, none of the Las Vegas books offer it, so you're betting based on team. So let's say if you wind up taking the deuce 
Cleveland Bears, and you think that Chris Flexen is going to start, and then Chris Flexen, for some reason, breaks his pancreas before the game, well, you've still got the Cleveland Bears. So, do want to throw in there that disclaimer, and as per usual, going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. That begins with 304-601, 304-602. The LG Twins are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Anwa Eagles. The Eagles found themselves as a pretty substantial underdog to start with, and it has only grown. Anywhere between plus 160 and plus 180, that makes the Twins anywhere between minus 180 and minus 210. Your total on this game, it is 9, and the over has just anywhere between even a plus 105. The under is anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. Going for the Eagles, as we mentioned, his first start of the year, it is Chad Bell. Meanwhile, Tyler Wilson is going to be going for the LG Twins, and for Mr. Wilson, this is someone that has been up and down so far this year, to say the least. His first start against the NC Dinos did not go as planned. Four and a third innings, he gave up seven runs, all of which were earned. I think that a big reason why he struggled so much is because he had to quarantine when he got back to South Korea. A lot of the foreign-born players, they went back to their native country when the KBO had a little bit of a delay to the season when they got back to South Korea because of the government laws and issues and everything like that. They had to quarantine for 14 days, so he was unable to throw for that time period. You can tell that he was a little bit rusty against the Dinos. And then from there, he's looked a little bit better. A combined 13 innings in his last two starts, he has given up five runs, only four of which were earned. And he does a good job of being able to limit the walks. Three walks in those last two starts as well. And last year with LG, it was very solid. 14-7 and seven record. This is someone that does a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. Gave up seven home runs last season and 185 innings. I do think that Chad Bell is going to be someone that has some upside as well. He spent the 2019 season in the KBO as well. He's a former MLB I guess we can call him not so great, and this is someone that towards the end of the year in the KBO was really able to find it as well. In his last nine starts, had an ERA below three for the entire 2019 season, a 3.50 ERA, 11 and 10 record, and this is someone that does a solid job of being able to keep the game out in front of him. Walks could sometimes be an issue. He issues right around 3.2, 3.3 walks per nine innings, but from all reports, the Eagles have done a very good job of being cautious with easing them back into the rotation. And as we know, Hanwha, they are one of the best teams when it comes to not giving up runs at the KBO. They've been the best under team out there in the league. And we do know that with LG, this is a team that has had some late game heroics to say the least. Roberto Ramos was right now leading the KBO with regards to home runs with 70. He had that walk-off grand slam a couple days ago against the KT Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blobs. Hunsu Kim, he spent some time in the MLB with the Philadelphia Phillies on Baltimore Orioles. Guy's just been a hitting machine, which is why his nickname is the hitting machine, 386 batting average. Certainly is not a guy that's going to supply a lot of hard contact. 11 home runs last year, just one home run so far this year, but just does a great job of being able to get on base, never gives up an at-bat. You do have to like that. And then Yin Sun Che has been able to do a solid job at the three-hole as well. This is a guy with the glasses, sometimes has a mustache, 303 batting average. He's already got three dingers so far this year. And with LG, they've got a pretty solid bullpen as well, but what you have to like for Hanwha is the fact that Jared Hoying is starting to get back to his old normal self. This is a Hanwha team that has been able to do a little bit of a better job of being able to put runs up on the board as well. At least five runs in three out of their last four games, so it seems like the offense is starting to come along for the ride a little bit, and Jin Ho Jung, I feel like is really going to be a big cog for this team. He comes over from Doosan. He's been hitting right around 8-260 so far this year. Not necessarily much of a power guy. Only 12 career home runs, but he does a good job of just being able to find a way on base. He has been a very wily guy, giving them a little bit of a spark whenever 
whenever he's been in there in the lineup. And Sung Yo Lee, he needs to pick it up as well. This is someone that's hitting a 250, getting up there in years at age 35, but he had a combined 55 home runs the last two years in the KBO. I think that the Eagles are going to be able to get a very good performance out of Bell. I think that this is going to be a low-scoring game that Hanwha, in the end, is going to be able to pull out. So for that reason, taking the plus price here with the Eagles, and we're going to be taking the total under as well. 304-603, 304-604. The SK Wyverns are going to be hitting the road, and they're going to be playing against the Doosan Bears. The Doosan Bears are going to be the biggest favorite on the KBO betting board today. You're finding them as low as minus 225, but... Man, right now you are really seeing this get to 230 plus. Meanwhile, with the Wyverns, at minimum, you're probably going to be finding them at plus 175, and that's a book with bad juice. You're able to find them at a lot of places, more around plus 190, and even a little bit north of $2 as well. And your total on this game, you're seeing a lot of 9 and S, and you're seeing a couple 10s as well. With the 10, the over as juice of minus 105, the under as juice of minus 115. Meanwhile, at 9.5, the over as juice of minus 120, and the under is even. And going in this one, Chris flex him for the Doosan Bears and then for the SK Wyverns. They are going to be trotting out there the native of Korea in Jung Hoon Park and Mr. Hoon Park has been solid for this team so far this year. He is someone with a 420 ERA. That means that he's getting high on the fact that he has not been hot garbage unlike a lot of the SK Wyverns so far this year and this is a guy that he just does a solid job of being able to keep the game out in front of him. I will say this, he has given up a little bit of hard contact a home run in each of the team's last two games. Sometimes a little bit intermiss. He's got that very awkward arm motion so that could keep Dusan off guard a little bit and with Dusan, I mentioned it with our good buddy Sean Zerillo. In 10 of the team's last 14 games, either they or their opponent has reached double digits and we have seen it in each out of the last four games. It's absolutely amazing. I do think that we are going to get a little bit of a slugfest once again and you got to think that Jose Miguel Fernandez is going to be able to find a way to get on base. This is someone that's hitting a 500. J1O has been able to really resurrect his career after hitting just a buck six four last year. He has three home runs already this year. Had three home runs all of last year and that was with a lot of a full season. 98 games last year. I will say this though. Doosan is missing their three and four hitters. They've been a little bit banged up and they can get a little bit of production towards the bottom of the lineup but we've seen guys like Sano Chung and company that are a little bit down there at like the eight and nine slots. They have been struggling a little bit so far this year and then when you take a look at the flip side with SK you gotta think that Jamie Romack is gonna be able to bust out. He's hitting above a 300, but he has just two home runs so far this year. What you do have to like is that they are getting some power out of Dong Min Han. This is a guy that is hitting a 317 for the year. Six home runs, 12 RBI. He just needs someone to get on around him. This is a team that at the bottom of their lineup, guys like Cheng Pyong Kim and Hun Suk Lee, they have really not been able to do well. And Hun Suk Lee, well, he has sucked so far this year. A 0.48 batting average. One hit and 21 at-bats. We all remember the run of bad at-bats that Daniel Polka had with the Chicago White Sox last year. Mr. Hunsyuk is the KBO equivalent of Daniel Polka from 2019. So we have found that. But with that said, the SK Wyverns have been doing a much better job out of the bullpen. The starting pitching for them has been really bad. As we know, the defense has let them down. But I think that they're going to be able to shore some things up with Tucson. This is a team that if you get into the bullpen, it's not very good. Chris Flexen is a guy that I feel like is going to come back to earth a little bit. Looked very good in his last start against the NC Dinos. Eight innings. He winds up giving up just one run. He had 10 punch outs in that game. But 
but we remember his time in the MLB. He had some command issues. I do think that he's going to have him here. I do think that if SK is able to get an early lead, it will rattle Flexon a little bit. So for that reason, we're going with the Flexon fade. We're going to take a big plus price here with the SK Wyverns. I do think that we are going to once again see a high scoring game involving Doosan. So we're going to be taking this total over as well. It is a tradition unlike any other, the Flexon fade. 304-605, 304 Lotte Giants are going to be playing us to the Samsung Lions. Lotte, as mentioned by our good buddy Sean Zarillo, opened up at a lot of places, but right around minus 130 to minus 140. This thing has been steamed to high noon, ladies and gentlemen. You're finding Lotte in a lot of books at minus 170 right now. I am seeing them as low as a minus 160. That makes the Samsung Lions anywhere between plus 140 and plus 150. And the total on this game, it is 9. You are going to be finding the juice on the over anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and even and going on the mound in this one is going to be Dan Straley for the Lotte Giants. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at what you're going to get out of Samsung, it is Chun Hyung Choi. This is a game in which I wound up taking Lotte at that minus 130. Now at minus 170, I certainly would not be looking at Lotte. This is just a game in which I feel like it has gotten steamed up a little bit too much. If you're listening to this podcast and if you're seeing Samsung at plus 150 or greater, I would be looking at this side despite the fact that I wound up taking Lotte at minus 130. This is just a quantum move right here. And what you have to like about Chon Hong Choi is the fact that he has been actually very good so far this year. He's made three starts, 265 ERA. The Samsung bullpen was just heavily gassed going into Saturday night slash Sunday morning against the Doosan Bears. But the fact that David Buchanan went seventh strong and the fact that they had a travel day means that they're back at full staff. And prior to that series against the Doosan Bears, the Samsung Lions were number one in the KBO when it comes to bullpen ERA. And what you also have to like about Che Hong is the fact that he does a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. He's given up two home runs over his last seven starts. Not necessarily much of a swing and miss guy, but he does a great job of not issuing the walks as well. He has given out more than two walks in just one out of his last six starts. And with Dan Straley, he did wind up getting touched up a little bit at his last start against the Kia Tigers. Wound up going five innings. He gave up five runs. He was a little bit of a victim of pretty much all the hits that he gave up being hard hits. But I will say this. In his first three starts, he gave up a combined four earned runs. I do think that we're going to see a little bit of the better Dan Straley here. I certainly don't think we're going to see the guy that had 11 strikeouts against SK. This has never really been a high strikeout guy. And with Lotte, this is a team that has been regressing a little bit when it comes to being able to put runs up on the board. Dixon Machado, two weeks ago, he was hitting right around a 365. Now he's hitting just below a 250. So he has certainly seen a fall off there. Dale Lee, he pretty much is the Miguel Cabrera of this league. Used to be a great power hitter. Now he's a guy that he just does a good job of being able to get on base. 344 batting average, just one home run so far this year, but he just does a good job of being able to get the ball into the outfield, getting that generic single. That's really what he's been doing. The big key for this low Tate team is being able to find a little bit more power, and John Woo Jung has been able to do a solid job of it. Four home runs so far this year, 315 batting average. He's been hitting in the 2-0 for much of the year. I do think that that's going to be a very good sign for this team, and then when you take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of Samsung, it's just very hit or miss, because this is a bunch that they have hung six-plus runs up on the board in each other last three games, but prior to that, they were in a little bit of a rut as they scored four runs or fewer 
four in four on their previous five. I do think that a little bit of regression is going to set in because Tyler Saladino is absolutely awful. I'm a Milwaukee Brewers fan. I know all too well about this. He had two hits in the team's game on Saturday night slash Sunday morning against the Doosan Bears, and he's still hitting below a 170. This guy is terrible. The whole bottom of the lineup for Samsung is not very good. They're really having to rely upon Young-Yup Kim and his come up to be able to get some guys on base. He had a 215 last year. He's hitting a 289 so far this year with four home runs. He had just six all of last year. Grand, that was in 60 games, but I do feel like that's going to regress a little bit. I think that it's just going to be tough for Samsung to be able to get runs up on the board. This is a team that they certainly are able to generate a whole lot more offense at home than they are on the road because Samsung's home ballpark is pretty much like the Coors Field of the KBO because it's at a little bit more elevation. There's a little bit less thick wind, so I do think that Samsung's going to struggle. I think that Dan Straley gets a job done. Like I said, at plus 150, I'd be looking at Samsung, but with that said, I wound up taking the Lotte Giants at minus 130, and certainly when I was taking this game, the over-under was 9. It is still at 9. Still certainly advised to play on the under, so that's where I'm looking on that game. We now move on to 304-607, 304-608. You've got the NC Dinos, and they're going to be playing also the Kiwom Heroes. Heroes are finding themselves as one of the bigger underdogs that you're going to find on the KBO betting board. You're going to be finding them as low as plus 160, but you're going to be able to find as high as perhaps a plus 175. That makes the NC Dinos anywhere between minus 180 and north of $2 if you have a book that has bad juice. Your total on this game, it is 9.5. The over has juice of even, and the under has juice of minus 120. I am seeing at circa minus 110 on both sides, but you're really seeing a lot more of that juice coming in on the under right now, and it's because we've seen NC have just an absolutely terrific run from the starting pitcher that they're going to have in this game. That would be Chungmo Ku, and you've got on the other side Sungo Lee going for the Kiwoom Euros, and Mr. Lee has been pretty solid for Kiwoom over his last couple years. This is a 21-year-old guy that went 8-5 in the KBO last year, and what I like about him is that he's really rounding into form. Over his last nine starts, he's got an ERA that's hovering right in the neighborhood of about 3-7, so he has been doing a better job as he's gotten a little bit older. I will say, hard contact is becoming a little bit of an issue for him. He's given up three home runs in his last four starts, and he certainly is a guy that he is going to give out the free passes. He has given out already five walks in 14 and two-thirds innings so far this year. 51 walks in 122 and two-thirds innings last year, so this is a guy that he is going to issue the free pass, but with NC, this is a team that it does feel like they can be a little bit all over the place, and you know who's giving up the fewest runs per game out there in the KBO? NC of all teams, but I do think that there is going to be a little bit of regression here for Cheng Mo Ko. He has a 0-41 ERA, the best ERA of any KBO starter, and has fanned 25 batters in 22 innings. It certainly has been terrific, but we also know this about the Dinos. The middle relievers can sometimes be a little bit hit or miss, and this is a Kiwoom team that they're either going to put a whole bunch of runs up on the board, or they're going to have a clunker like they did against the Lotte Giants Saturday night slash Sunday morning, in which they can't get anything going but got to think that Biongo Park, a guy that's hitting a buck 90 right now, is going to be able to get it going. Led the KBO in home runs last year with 33 of them. Dong Wan Park, he certainly is a guy that is going to be looked to to be able to get on base. 339 batting average so far this year, four home runs. I do like what I'm seeing out of him. And then the biggest thing with the Heroes is just being able to get a lot, little bit more out of the seven through nine hitters. All these guys are hitting a 225 or lower, but Ji Young Lee has been able to do a solid job for this team. He came over a few years ago from Samsung, hitting a 330 
33 so far this year. Certainly not a guy that's going to hit the deep ball, but he never gives up at-bats. Does a good job of be being able to get on base. And then when you take a look at NC, this is no doubt a team that they're able to put runs up on the board in a hurry. Aaron Altair is actually Aaron Alterable because he is right now the worst hitter in the lineup. 218 batting average for this guy so far this year. But what you do have to like about this team is the fact that they are getting a little bit more healthy at the catcher spot. And both their catchers are very good. But how about Sungbum Na? Hitting a 290 so far this year. Four home runs already. Last year he had just four home runs. That was with the D-Juice ball and he was injured. But Moonwoo Park at the top of the lineup. Very good table setter. 382 batting average. One of the quicker guys that you're going to find in the KBO. But what else I like about this Kiwoom team is the fact that they do have a very good bullpen. I think that this is a game in which both of these starters are going to be giving up a couple runs. I do trust the middle relief of the heroes a little bit more than NC. As a result, I do think that Kiwoom is going to be able to put up a pretty big cricket number on this game. I think they get the job done. So for that reason, we're going to be taking this total over and we are going to be taking the heroes. And we move on to our final game. That would be 304-609-304-610. The KT Wiz, or as they are known on this podcast, the KT Smiling Blobs are going to be playing goes to the Kia Tigers. With the Tigers, you're going to be able to find a little bit of plus money at some places. You're finding them anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105. Meanwhile, with the Smiling Blobs, they're anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. And the total on this game, it is ranging between 9.5 and, and 10. With the 9.5, the over is just of minus 120, and the under is even. If you're taking a look at the 10, well, just flip it. The over is even, and the under is minus 120. With our good friends, the Smiling Blobs, they're going to be trotting out there Jay Sung Bay, and it is going to be Drew Gagion going for the Kia Tigers. Mr. Gagion had a very good start against the Lotte Giants in his last time out. Six innings of scoreless baseball. He had nine punch-outs, but with that said, in his first two starts, he looked like the Gagion that we saw with the Mets. Gave up a combined eight runs, seven of which were earned against the Hanwha Eagles and Samsung Lions. Two of the lesser teams when it comes to being able to hit. And when you take a look at the Smiling Blobs, this team is number one in the KBO when it comes to a runs per game basis. They are also number one in the KBO when it comes to blown saves. But we have noticed that KT has made a lot of adjustments. They have sent a lot of the untrustworthy bullpen arms down to the minors, so they are certainly lighting a fire under the rear of a lot of these guys. Minsu Kim right now is a 16 ERA. That is not good, but I do think that you're going to get a couple more trustworthy guys. And what you've got to love about our good friends at Smiling Blobs, how about one Mel Rojas? He wound up going 0 for 5 in the Saturday night slash Sunday morning game, but despite that, still hitting a 423. He has went deep four times. I really like what he's able to do in the middle of the lineup. Now with KT, they are missing a couple of big bomber bats but they do also have one of the better hitting catchers that you're going to find in the KBO in Sungwoo Jong. This is a guy that already has two home runs so far this year, hitting right around a 290 on base percentage of nearly a 340. And Woo Jun Sim, this guy just has wheels upon wheels, had 24 stolen bases and was caught stealing three times last year. He's already hitting a 312 so far this year. Got off to a little bit of a rough start. He has really been able to find his watermark. And then when you take a look at the other side for Kia, they have Preston Tucker, who has been absolutely terrific. Leads the KBO in R. RBI with 20, but in that series against the SK Wyverns, a combined 0 for 15. Gotta think that he's going to be able to do a little bit better in this series, but I feel like regression is starting to set in for him, and a lot of it is because some of the guys around him, they sometimes provide something good, like a G1 Nah. He's hitting a 333 so far this year, but keep in mind, he had a 
buck 86 last year. He's got three home runs this year. He had six all of last year. This is a guy that's up there in years at age 35. You just don't know what you're going to get out of him. And then a couple guys towards the bottom of the lineup, they are having some very good years. Like a Yun Hu Huang, he is hitting a 270. I do like what he's able to do. But then you take a look at a Ju Wan Na. He's hitting more around a 230. And then in the seven hole, you've got a guy that's hitting a 220. So I do think that this is a little bit of a hit or miss lineup. I do think that the Smiling Blobs are going to be able to keep Jay Sung Bay going. This is a guy with a 0.89 ERA, 23-year-old that is really figuring it out. Over his last 10 starts, he has a 142 ERA. I think that he is going to be tearing it up in the KBO for years to come. I think we eventually see him in the majors. I think that he's going to be able to ball out Tuesday morning. So for that reason, we're going to take our good friends the Smiling Blobs and the total under, and that will wrap things up. For the Monday afternoon slash Tuesday morning edition of the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson, a happy Memorial Day to you all. And if you like what you're hearing from this five podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you ever have a question for the podcast, fire it into my timeline at GRSQuarty1. Big thanks to Sean Zerola of the Action Network for joining me. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.